Uh, I want to echo some words that Josh kind of uh, just mentioned. I mean, in his prayer, he was thankful for me for coming out and working on this on a Saturday. Well, I'm thankful for you guys for, I mean, wanting to spend a Saturday and a couple hours on a Saturday uh, in, in God's Word and, and, and seeking to be encouraged and seeing some of the things that God has to say. <clears throat> so the plan is hopefully to go about 25 to 35 minutes with each lesson. Uh, kind of want to keep them brief, brief intentionally uh, because I want us to then take a break after every, sex, after every session. And during the breaks, it's kind of like time for us to mingle and talk and chit-chat. But I also want us to think about some of the things that we said, some of the things that we talked about. Uh, especially as we go through these three topics, we're going to have one on, on relationships or family. Uh, we're going to have another session on money or finances. And the third one, the last one, will be on anger or attitudes. And uh, so, so here's the thing, right? Like, so with some of these things that, like, that I'm going to talk about, like, you're going to look at me, you're going to say, like, dude, you're not married. And, like, and you don't have kids. And you're right, but Solomon, like, was. You're going to say things like, dude, you don't have a lot of money. And you're right, like, I don't. But Solomon did. And so, like, in a lot of ways, the things that we're studying this afternoon, uh, they're not me. Like everything we're studying, all the scripture I'm going to use and everything I'm going to say is coming straight from the book of Proverbs. Uh, and I intentionally made the worksheet so that you can kind of follow through. And so that like it, there are multiple verses mentioned that we won't go through all of them. But so that on your own time, you can look back and say, okay, this thing is here. Or this verse is there. Or this idea is here. And I think that, that that's just encouraging. Because if we continue... Uh, to, to seek scripture, if we continue to seek the truth, I think that'll, like, that should be the foundation and the basis for what we seek to do as God-seeking people. Wherever you are, whatever church you go to, that's, that's on you. But, but, but really as people, I think what we're trying to do this afternoon is seek God and seek God through His Word. So, uh, as we start, go ahead and go to the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> and so this first one is, is God's wisdom on relationships or God's wisdom on families. And it, it, the, the order is a little bit weird. Like tomorrow, we're going to have a lesson on why we need God's wisdom, which kind of usually kind of looks like a, you probably want to start with this one. Uh, but if you read the first couple of chapters of Proverbs, you see why we need wisdom. And Solomon is saying, seek wisdom, look for it, listen to my teaching, son. Because if we listen to what God has to say, I mean, it, it, just, it just changes the way that we live. And, and there's the like spiritual aspect where it changes our spiritual lives and we have a relationship with Him and we're one with Him. But even in a very physical, tangible, today way, if we just listen to God's wisdom, it would change the way that we live right now. And I think that the family or this lesson on the family is kind of one of those big ones. Because think about it. I think that like this concept of the family, I think that's one that like whereas people... We've just failed. And that, that's where human wisdom fails. Like, look around, and not like in this room, but like think about the people you work with, think about your neighbors, think about your friends, maybe think about yourselves, and, and, and just, just consider the world around you and how families work today. Think about how many broken homes there are, and divorces, and parents who leave their children, and parents who abuse their children, and, and, and husbands and wives who don't get along. Well, what's happened? I think what's happened is that through time, people have disregarded God's wisdom on these things, and it's just broken everything. And even sometimes in churches, we see dysfunctional families and we see dysfunctional marriages, and it isn't God's fault. It's not that God hasn't talked about it. I think sometimes we just forget His principles. And so what I want to do is I want us to go back to the basics and look at God's principles for the family. So what I want to do for this first lesson is we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at God's foundation 
uh, for relationships, for God's foundations for the family. And then we're also going to look at some exhortations that he gives to different members of the family. So as, again, so as we break it, as we break it down, we want to think about the foundations that God gives for families and relationships. And then also, we're going to look at some exhortations that, uh, that, that Solomon is going to give to different members of the family. So think about foundations, right? And, and, and think about why are foundations needed? Why are foundations, like, necessary? <coughs> Has anybody here read the story of the three little pigs? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a famous one there. <clears throat> you get the big bad wolf, right? <coughs> and he's coming and he wants some pigs. I'm, I'm adapting the story to make it sound scarier. <clears throat> so he wants some pigs and he's hungry. And he goes knocking on the first, I mean, the first pig's house. And this house is made up, does anybody know? The first one? Straw. And he gets to the house and, and what, is, I mean, what, what, is, what is the wolf able to do? He just, he just blows his house down. Well, why? Because he built his house out of straw. So then he goes to the second pig's house, pig number two. I guess one wasn't enough. So he goes to pig number two's house and he wants some pig. And his house was made out of what? Sticks. Sticks. And his house was blown down. And he finally, it's like he wasn't satisfied with two, so he goes to the third one. He gets to the third pig's house, and he tries to blow that one down, but his house was, the third pig's house was made out of what? Brick. Bricks. And it didn't fall. And the idea is, is that foundations are necessary because there's a big bad wolf blowing. The world, Satan, different ideas are blowing at us, are blowing at our families, blowing at our relationships. And the idea is you're only going to stand firm if you have the right foundation. So, Kind of in the, the first two blanks there. Uh, let's go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 24. And I want us to look at verses 3 and 4 there. As we think about foundation and, and what should be the foundation for our relationship, the foundations for our families, the foundations for our homes. Look at what Solomon says there in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 24 verses 3 and 4. He says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding... It is established. And by wisdom, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You see that there? In those, in those two verses, immediately how he starts. As we think about the story, if your house is going to be made of bricks, those bricks that you're seeking to make your house of, needs to be God's wisdom, God's principles, God's word. And a lot of people, and even people that I really care about, and sometimes me, when I think about the foundation that we seek to build relationships on, or the foundations that we seek to build houses on, or, 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 or families on, really the foundations that we seek to do it is we say, well, that's the way my parents did it. So that's the way I'm going to do it. And that doesn't always work. Or we, we think, well, that's the way the world does it. That's where, I mean, that's what society's doing, so that's the way I'm going to do it. And that doesn't always work. And the idea is that if, if the foundation of our families, if the foundation of our relationships isn't God's word, then we're not on good grounds. And so what I want us to do is, again, just think about the, these ideas and this foundation. So how do we build this foundation? Like, what is the foundation for, our, for, for relationships? What's going to be the foundations for our, for our families? We've seen that it's by wisdom, by God's wisdom. Well, I think it's going to manifest itself by three different principles. And if you can kind of see there... Uh, I have them laid, laid out there. So there's a, it'll be the principle of influence, the principle of appreciation, and the principle of importance. So we're starting with the first one, the idea of the principle of influence. I think it's interesting to know, I don't know if you've ever like, just gone through Proverbs and thought about this, how often the book of Proverbs talks about how the members of the family and how people you have relationships with, how they have tremendous, in, tremendous in, influence on your lives. You turn to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Solomon writes and says, The Proverbs of Solomon, 
A wise son makes the father glad, but a foolish son is grief to his own mother. In chapter 17, verse 25, he says, A foolish son is grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. In chapter 19, verses thir verse 13, he says, A foolish son is destruction to his father, and the contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. In chapter 27, verse 8, he says, Like a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. See how much influence we have on our families, how much influence we have on those we have relationships with? I think in a lot of ways, a big part of our happiness, and we know this, a big part of our happiness derives from our relationships with other people. That's kind of why whenever the wife isn't happy, how's the husband? Is everything fine for him too? No, if the wife isn't very happy, husbands aren't going to be very happy either. Because like we, we, we influence one another. And so we should never underestimate our influences over people. And our influences in relationships. It's kind of for parents. You have influence over your children. So for any of you who know me, I'm kind of a little bit of a neat freak. And like I, I just like cleanliness. I like things to be in order. I'm weird about that. That's because my mom's like that. And it wasn't like I'm trying to imitate my mom or be like my mom, but I was I mean, raised in a home and I saw her do it for so long that I just kind of picked up on that. And the idea is whether I wanted to be influenced by her or not, it happened. And it's the same thing, parents. You influence your children, the things that you talk about, the things that you like, the things that you prioritize. Your kids see that and they're influenced by that. But in the same way, kids influence their parents. <clears throat> I remember in middle school, I was a little bit lazy. Uh, and I wouldn't like be very diligent in doing my homework. And so I'd get my report card and my, my grades weren't always so great. My parents weren't happy with that. Like the fact that I wasn't being who I needed to be, even as a student, was disappointing to my parents. And again, the idea there that, that even as kids, like we talk about the influence that parents have on kids and they do. And it's a great impact, but kids also have a big impact or a huge impact on their parents. And a lot of their happiness and self-esteem is derived from how their kids are. It's interesting, uh, I know a lady from back home, from New York, <clears throat> who her son's in jail. And she seems to be more miserable than her son is. It's because the decisions that he's made have, have a huge impact and a huge effect on her. And so whenever we're, we're making decisions and we're treating people a certain way, and we're thinking about what we're going to do as far as our relationships and families, we need to remember that the things that we, the things that we say to one another... The things that we do to one another, the things that we don't do for one another, have a great influence on other people. And it's not just this principle of influence, but it's also the, this principle of appreciation. And I think it's, it's interesting that the things that we hold most dear are often the things that we take for granted. Like the things we care about most, that just, they're just around all the time, are just the things that we don't think about. And I think family often is that thing. Kind of, we, we love our families, but we don't always appreciate them the way that we should. And the book of Proverbs talks about valuing or appreciating your family and being thankful for them. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, Solomon says, An excellent wife is a crown or is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. In chapter 19, verse 14, he says, House and welfare and inheritance from the father but a prudent wife is from the Lord. In verse eight, in chapter 18, 
verse 22, he says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Oh, like for a second, and she's not here, and none of y'all know her, so it's fine. <clears throat> for a second, I kind of want to talk about my mom. So in a lot of ways, like my mom and I, like, we don't always, we didn't always have like the greatest of relationships. It's a little bit better now. Like in so many ways, like I just didn't value her as a mom. And sometimes I still today don't value her as a mom in the way that I should. Like she raised me, she cooked and she cleaned after me every day for at least 18 years. And there wasn't a lot of thank yous coming out of me, which is just bad. Again, the idea there, if, if, you, if you look at Proverbs chapter 31, as it's talking about <clears throat> this, this woman that, that King Lemuel, however you want to say his name, his mother is telling him, look for this woman. Notice how she's described in verse 28. It says, her children rise up and bless her. Her children see her and they appreciate her. And so again, just the idea that we need to learn to appreciate one another. The same thing, dads need to be appreciated as well. Our husbands need to be appreciated as well. Chapter 12, verse 4, he says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness to his bones, or in his bones. So there are two types of wives. There are the wives who are constantly appreciating their spouses. Then there are the wives who go to their friends and just bicker about how bad their husbands are. Oh, he's just, he never does this. And it's never enough. And it's... And what is that? It says, he's saying here it's rottenness to like the, the bones. And again, the, there's, the, there's that bad habit of telling everybody how terrible my spouse is or how terrible my children are or how terrible my parents are or how terrible my coworkers are, whoever it is, whatever you want to put there for that relationship, how terrible other people are and it's just lacking appreciation. So again, as we think about these principles, it's the principle of influence. The principle of appreciation and also the principle of importance. I think what Solomon tries to teach in this book and what Solomon tries to show us in the book of Proverbs is that what needs to be important is not the house but the home. I think Solomon over and over again is trying to show us that you need to put what should, what should take precedence in your lives Shouldn't be building a home, but building a house. I mean, shouldn't be building a house, but building a home. Look at chapter 15, verse 17. <clears throat> it says, Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. Chapter 17, verse 1, he says, Better a dry morsel in quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. And as we think about importance, what, like, what our kids need or what our spouses need or what, like, the people that we care about, what they need isn't the newest gadgets or isn't the newest whatever, fill in the blank. What they need is love. And what they need is to be shown that they're important and that God's important. And so again, as we think about these three principles and, 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 and like what we're going to, like the foundation for our relationships and the foundation for our families, it needs to start with the, I mean, or start, the three principles are the principles of influence, the principle of appreciation and the principle of importance. And with that in mind, I want us to look at some exhortations that Solomon gives to different members of the family. And so I want to start with the parents, uh, not because like I think parents need it more, but just because I'm going to start with the parents. 
Notice what notice Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. <clears throat> what Solomon says there in Proverbs 1 verse 8. These are, so again, these exhortations to the parents will be things that parents should be doing for their children. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8, he says, Hear my son, you're in father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. First thing, and you kind of go through Proverbs and you can see this over and over and over again. Parents, you need to be teachers. You need to be teaching your kids. So kind of that first blank there, that first blank is teachers. This is what he's exhorting them to do, to teach. Because someone is teaching your kid. And who do you want that to be? Too often parents let school not just teach their kids math, but school teach their kids what integrity is. And school teach their kids how they should walk. And school teach their kids how they should talk. And that's just not right. Parents, you teach your children. Too often parents and, and let TV or entertainment or the internet teach their kids. And that's just not okay either. And so you think about it, you need to be teaching your kids. And he says in chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, you need to teach them when they're young. He says, when I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words and keep your commandments and live. Yeah, so it's not just, all right, he's 12, I think I can start teaching him now. Or she's 12, I think I can start teaching her now. You start young. But there's kids. Like kids pick up on things and they see things, whether you're noticing that you're teaching them or not. There's just some kids that are kind of bad and they're just imitating what they've seen or what their parents have taught them. And kind of the respectful kids have been taught that from their parents. So parents need to teach, but parents need to also discipline. If you've picked up a worksheet, you can kind of see all the verses that Solomon gives for disciplining. Because that's important and it needs to happen. He says in, verse, in, in, in chapter 13, verse 24, he says, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. In chapter 2, verse 6, he says, Train up a child in the way that he shall go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In chapter 29, verse 15, he says, The rod and, the rod and, and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame. To his mother. And there are way too many parents who just kind of want to let things go. And they see their kids misbehaving. Or they see their kids doing bad things and kind of letting things go. Solomon in his wisdom, and God's wisdom is saying that's not the way that it works. That's not the way that God works. That's not the way that God operates. The nation of Israel, they were disobedient and they were his kids and God disciplined them. And really the discipline is for their own good. And so you kind of, you, you, you kind of think about and when people don't listen to, like, to, to, these, to God's wisdom and what happens, there's a lot of people who just don't use the rod. My parents used a belt or a hanger. The hanger hurt a little bit more than the belt. You try to get the belt. They used the belt or the hanger. And you know what? It worked. I would know, I'm, okay, I'm not, if I do this, I'm going to get hit for it. So I'm probably like, going to avoid doing that thing there. It, it's useful. It's helpful. And it's not done because you hate your kid. It's not done because you don't like your kid. It's actually done, like he just said, because you love your kid. If you love your kid, you'll discipline them because you're trying to look out for them. And, and there's, there's a difference between disciplining and hitting. And hitting is done out of anger. They upset you, so you're going to strike them. That's not what discipline is. 
Discipline is they're doing something wrong and you don't want their lives to go down that path. So out of love, you show them that that's not okay. And so you discipline them. And so we've seen a parent should be teaching. A parent should be disciplining. But I think the greatest tool that a parent has is their influence. Notice what he says uh, in chapter 20, verse 7. He says, a righteous man who walks in, 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 in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. The example of a parent really influences and teaches and even in some ways disciplines the kid. So I didn't know he was going to be here, so, oh, well, I'm going to embarrass him a little bit. But there's a guy here uh, who his son, is, in, in my opinion, his, name is, his son's name is Gardner, is one of the most godly men that I know. And I've kind of just sat and thought, and I remember being back north and being 15, 16, 17, and just looking at this guy and thinking, man, like, like how does one kind of get to be like that? Like, how does one walk that, like, that, that way? I, I know it's been years of him just trying to serve God and care about God. And then I met his dad. And I'm like, okay, there it is. I see it. I get it. Because someone, if, if parents walk in integrity, if parents walk in righteousness, kids see that. And they imitate it. And they copy it. And so parents need to teach. Parents need to discipline. And parents need to be an example. But Solomon also gives advice to the children. It's not just he's like, talk to the parents and kids can kind of just, we get to sit back and say, yeah, you listen, listen up. <clears throat> For the kids, we need to, I mean, children, and we all have parents, whether they're alive or not. Like, children need to listen. That's the first one there. Chapter 13, verse 1, he says, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. The idea is a, 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 a wise child listens to the things that their parents have to say. In chapter 23, verse 22, he says, Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she's old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom. The wisdom that I think he's talking about there is listening to your parents, to what your parents have to say. And a lot of times, it's because... Like, who else has your, your best interest in mind? Like, no one cares about you more than your parents. And those of you who are parents, you understand that. How much you love your kids. And you know that you'd do anything for them. And so whenever our parents are talking to us and they're, they're giving us advice, we need to keep in mind that what they're saying is because they have our best interest in mind. That's the first point. So listen to your parents. The second point there is that how you treat your parents reflects a lot about your character. In verse 19, verse 26, he says, He who assaults his father and drives away his mother is a shameful and disgraceful son. In chapter 28, verse 24, he says, He who robs his mother and says, It is not a transgression, is a companion of a man who destroys. And the idea there is that, you know, there, there, there's that thing where people tell him, like, Hey, look at how whatever girl you're into, look at how she treats her parents because that's how she's going to treat you. Or for like, I've seen really more people do it with, with girls talking, like look at how a boy treats his mother because however he treats his mother is how he's going to treat you. Because it just reflects a lot about people's characters and how we treat our parents, again, because those are the people we often take for granted, shows a lot about who we are. And so kids, we need to, I mean children, we need to listen to our parents and we need to treat them well because it shows a lot about our characters. And I think the, part, the third point there is just him saying, if you don't listen to your parents, your life will go bad. 
Chapter 20, verse 20, He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. Chapter 30, verse 17, The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. As God is talking to the nation of Israel, He says, Obey your father and mother, that it may go well with you in the land. Again, because like, we lack wisdom as young people or as children compared to our parents, comparatively speaking, we just lack wisdom. And again, they have our best interest in mind, and if we listen to them, we just live better lives. You know, your parents say, hey, don't waste all your money. Probably a good call, even though we're like, no, I wanna buy candy with all my whole paycheck. You know, like, it's just not a good investment, it's not a good idea. So listening to your parents is for our own good. So we've seen the wisdom, that are, the, God's wisdom for parents, his exhortations to the kids, now to the husbands, <clears throat> Chapter 27, verse 8. Like a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. I think the exhortation that he's given to the husbands here is don't leave your home. Don't forsake your families. Because one, you're going to miss your home. And two, your home will miss you. And I know this from personal experience because there was a time in, like in our lives, like as kids, like my dad, our dad left us. And it was hard. It was hard on our mom. It was hard on all of us. So, and, I mean, he eventually came back and we were grateful for that. But the idea is there was a time where we just missed him. And there was something lacking. And there was something that wasn't right because our family wasn't structured on the wisdom. And at the same time, fathers, you'll miss your homes. So the first point, don't leave the home. And the second one is not just don't leave the home, but be faithful to your wife. I like chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. <clears throat> he says, drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. So whenever, he's going to pause there, whenever he's talking about the waters and the cisterns, he's referring to his wife there. Let's keep going. <clears throat> As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? And this is one that I think like, we, just, we just see in this broken world happen way too often. Where husbands either leave their homes or they stay at home, but they're just being unfaithful. Or spouse or wives are just being unfaithful to their husbands. And it's just... It, you're drinking out of cisterns that they don't need when God has already blessed them with that relationship. So again, to the husbands, don't leave the home and be faithful. And lastly here, let's look at his exhortation to the wives, to the mother here. <clears throat> so it's interesting, like, it looks like there's a lot more to the wives. Uh, because I think Proverbs says a lot about woman because the, I think the book was written to a man. And I also think, like, wisdom is described in a lot of ways as a woman and like not following wisdom is also like the adulteress is also described as a woman. But to the wives, don't be contentious. Proverbs chapter, not, chapter 21 verse 9, it says, It is better to live in a corner of a roof than a house shared with a contentious woman. Do you like get what he's saying there? Because like to me that's a funny one. Like Solomon is saying, it's better to just live here away. Like just don't even be in the house than it is to be with that woman. Because she's just going to fight and she's going to make your life difficult. Wives, we need to be compared. We need to be. We, we I'm not. A, I don't fall in that group there. <laughs> Wives need to be careful about that. 
chapter 25, verse 24, he says it is better to live in the roof, in the corner of the roof, than a house shared with a contentious woman. Then to chapter 27, verse 15 is the one I really like there. He says, a constant dripping on a day of steady rain and a contentious woman are alike. You ever just kind of like had the faucet running and it's just drop, 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 drop. And just how annoying that is. That's how he, like, that's what he likens a contentious woman to. So wives, don't be contentious. Because I think the point is, is, is like, if he says it's better to be in the corner of the roof of a house, you will drive people away from you. You will drive your husband away from you. You will drive your kids away from you. So don't be contentious. Proverbs chapter 31, and really you can just kind of read the whole Proverbs chapter 31 and see this is his advice uh, to him. But I chose a couple here. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 11, you can see that she's trustworthy. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 13 and 14, and then again in verse 26, you can see that she's hard working. And even in her hard work, though, and these aren't here, but in her hard work, it doesn't distract her from her real, from her, from her most important work, from being a wife and being a mother. You see that in verses 27 and 28. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 20, she's generous. There are a lot of women who just want to use money for themselves and spend it. The wife here is generous. And so again, as we kind of wrap up here, I want you to consider Solomon and consider Solomon's life. Consider Solomon's parents and consider some mistakes his parents made, some mistakes his dad made. Consider some of the mistakes that Solomon made in his own life. And listen to God's wisdom. If we listen to God's wisdom on relationships and on families, There'd be less broken homes. The divorce rate would be significantly smaller. It'd be non-existent. Kids would obey their parents. Parents would love their children. But again, the fact that we don't see that isn't a lack on God's end to teach us and to instruct us. It's a lack on our end of applying it. So my prayer and my hope is that we can take this lesson and just find better ways to apply these to our lives and have better relationships and better families. We'll take a break now.